Ignorant, we gon' bring that racket like it's Wimbledon. Discipline, but yet you find anyone equivalent. Ain't no podcast similar, now you won't find no synonyms. Be produced by Q Smith, sound like it's by Timberland. JB be in charge, EG set the bar. Be sipping water tree and Turk gon' lay the law. Jokes may go too far, but that's just who we are. Prolific, so gifted. Words that had your soul lifted. So consistent, yeah, so different. Ain't nobody copy that lane. Uh, carry that torch, heat up the game. Ain't nobody got that flame. Different, different. Man, this intro different. Man, this intro ignorant. God damn. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know who it is. You know what time it is. I'm screwing up the intro because my feelings is strong. I'm upset. I am let I've been led astray, ran amok, boom, bum, bumboozled. I've been smeckledorf, whatever you know that quote that Malcolm X said. It's your boy Jay Brown here. Another episode of one and only D180 University podcast. This is a special edition, so let me introduce the man, the myth, the legend himself. They call him Mr. Play-By-Play, if you're nasty. Ladies and gentlemen, David Ashby, what's good? Yes, sir, what is happening? What is happening? And I, too, have been hoodwinked and fucking bamboozled, you know? But we out here to hoodwink and bamboozle, because as a wise man once said, some men just want to watch the world burn. Most of those men are on the committee. A, A bunch of those men are on the committee. And you know what, women, you ain't safe either, because I know there's a few of y'all on that committee. I don't know exactly who's on the committee, but I'm not here to play Battle of the Sexes. Everybody can get it. Everybody can get it. So let's start off by talking about what everyone already knows. Everyone already knows who are the four teams who are in the college playoff. That would be Michigan at one, Washington at two, Texas at three, Bama at four. So first two, I have no objections about Anyone who has any objections about the first two, that's called being a hater. That that That's called being a hater. Now, I'm not going to lie. Am I a hater sometimes? Absolutely. Captain Scully, are you? Oh, big time hater in it. Oh, yeah. No. Big time. Don't we, we don't even try to hide it. You know, but our hate don't have significant consequences. It doesn't. Allow me, before we get really, really into the deep nitty gritty, allow me to apologize to the good players at Florida State University. Y'all were ran amok, bumboozled, smeckledorf, done wrong. You were hoed by every word, every definition of it. Y'all were screwed over. And if I were y'all, I'd sue. I don't know if you can sue the playoff committee, but you should. It's just... I'm... (laughs) It's like... I've I felt so conflicted in the last week, really, because it's like I knew after that Florida game they weren't going to let them in because my thing was even though I I, th- I can't remember who it was I told I think it was either you or somebody in my other chat I said if they don't beat Louisville like fifty five to seven there's they're not getting in. And I had said that coming into the week, knowing that they were going to look for anything. And I was just hoping not because, I i mean, I love Florida State. You know, like when Florida State's good, I, I love college football when Florida State's good. Um, but I was part of me was just hoping, like, that they would let everybody off the hook and lose to Louisville mm-hmm. and that it wouldn't be as controversial. And then when they won, I was just like, we were about to see the biggest host job we have seen in the 10-year in the history of this playoff because <laughs> it's like bro what do you do what's like what what, do you, what, what else do? they did everything they were supposed to do they did everything they were asked to do they had somewhat of a weak schedule much like michigan much like bama but they won every game they didn't lose <laughs> i mean they they did exactly what they're supposed to do they played out of conference scheduling you know you played some sec squads and beat them you know, they they played a couple of top 25 teams, beat all of them. Their defense is incredible. Like, you can say what you want about Jordan Travis getting hurt, but that defense is incredible. That I, defense I, can play with anybody in the country. And it just is like, I mean, at this point, like, what else could they possibly have done short of, like, you can't control when somebody gets hurt. It's not like he got hurt on the last play of the game. He got hurt. Like early in the game, bro. It's not like this was avoidable. 
even though it was against a nobody opponent, look, you still got to go out there and play the game like everybody else. This is college. There there are upsets all around every week. Um, Auburn a few weeks ago got got stomped out by who, who was it? Who stomped New out? New Mexico State. New Mexico State. Half of y'all can't find New Mexico on the map. And I blame the U.S. Public Education Center. But the problem with that, they did everything they were supposed to do. Like, you ever have a talk with your parents about, like, this is how you're supposed to treat a girl. This is how you get a girl. This is how you do this and that. And then you finally meet a girl who's, like, worth it. And you, like, build up your courage to talk to your crush. And you do everything right that your parents told you to do. You were respectful. You were nice to her. You did this and that, and she still don't like you. Oh, I've been there plenty of times. Plenty of they times. Do everything. I'm creative. Take them on dates. See, okay, this is not about me. But yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and, then, and then at the end of the day, you see her go out with old dude who who does her wrong constantly. Not nice to her, but because he's the popular kid. That's what she chose to go out with. That's what happened. That that's what happened. Bam was the popular See, kid. Literally, Florida State is. You know that that meme with the guy that was like, "Why do they always like the thugs?" Mm-hmm. And then it's like, "Hey, beat it, chick." <laughs> that's exactly Florida what State is. Florida State essentially is like, "Yo, why does she always want the thugs? Why can't she go with a nice guy?" I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Bam was the thug that she always wanted. Bam was the thug nigga. It, it's like when your homegirl said, man, why can't I meet a nice guy like you? I'm a nice guy like me. Ladies and it's gentlemen, nasty. as y'all know, clearly me and Captain Scully have had some, some women issues in our lifetime. But that's not why we're here. So we, we've gone over that Florida State did what did absolutely what they were supposed to do. Now I know y'all are tired of hearing hearing me say this. It, it's however long we've been doing this show, three years, I think going on four years, something like that. It's over a hundred episodes. Y'all know I can't keep track of that much. I've been yelling. I've been screaming. I've been yelling hoopla. I have been declaring shenanigans that college football in whole has had this SEC bias, SEC dick riding for I don't I don't know how many I do know how many years since 2009 since Alabama beat a half-baked Texas team in a national championship with Colt McCoy hurt. That's when the dick riding started. I feel like it, it might have started slightly before that because I, I feel like the Tim Tebow era at University of Florida is when I believe it started, and it just got I, worse. I mean, but at least back then, we had other contenders. Like, Texas was still relevant. Obviously, OU was relevant. Ohio yeah. State was in there. USC was trying to recover from the Reggie Bush days. It just didn't happen. That was kind of right when it was about to end. That was when the stuff started. With, but yeah, you're right. You're right. There were there were much more. It was the center of the universe wasn't the SEC yet. It, it wasn't. The center was pretty spread out in different places. Right. But it it truly because that was Bama's rise to power. When, right. When they beat Texas, because all of us were so shocked that they beat Tebow in the SEC championship. Let's not forget that. Like, we all thought Florida, it was going to be Florida, Texas, and national championship. Right. But but we digress. Y'all can't lie to me. Y'all can't deny. You can't close your eyes to this obvious SEC bias now. It's clear. It's blatant. The only difference... Was was that Florida State came from the ACC, which is considered a weaker conference? Which I agree, the ACC, which ironically has a winning record against the SEC this year. So, oh, <laughs> which is, I mean, they were talking about it. I was I was at work uh, the, the morning of the committee stuff, so like I've been hearing the conversations all day. Like, yeah, they had a winning record this year because Florida State beat Florida, they beat LSU, um, Vanderbilt beat. Uh, or no, somebody beat Vanderbilt. Uh, uh, I can't remember who. Some somebody beat Vanderbilt. Um, they 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 went down the list of like it, it's they're like six and five or something. And like, outside of SEC play, what's seven and nine this year? So shut your mouth. I, I, best conference in best conference in football. Shut up. Seven and nine. You're not. You weren't even five hundred. 
My thing is just my thing is this. I mean, the SEC bias is real. We know this, and it's only going to get worse when they load up the deck next year, you know. But my thing is just like forget, forget, forget SEC bias for a second. This happened. First of all, it's hilarious because you know I know Central Florida is somewhere just laughing their ass off at Florida (laughs) right now. Like, yo, it's it ain't funny, is it? It it ain't it ain't so funny now, is it? Like, you know, when everybody was making fun of. UCF a couple of years ago when they were like, oh, we're national champs and all that stuff. And we see Liberty this year, they get a New Year's Six Bowl and they're undefeated, you know, and stuff. So, like, people are making fun of it. When, and it's like, oh, you know, the goalposts get moved because on one hand, it's like, we saw it a couple of years ago. Ohio State walked into the Big Ten Championship with a third-string quarterback in Cardell Jones. The difference is Cardell Jones beat Wisconsin 59-0, and then he walked into Bama and beat them, and then he walked into the championship and, you know, handed the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, and they won. But my thing is that the Florida State's backups didn't look like that. Now, if Tate Rodemaker weren't hurt, I do wonder if it would have changed their opinions a little bit. But I don't know if that would have mattered either way. But it's just like this is – I feel like this is a deeper ripple effect than people think because, yeah, we're – People are just going to brush it off like, oh, we're switching to 12 teams next year, so this won't happen next year. And I'm just like, okay, I hear that. But no, I don't hear that either. Because the thing is that you essentially, this is the beginning of an era in which the regular season probably will not matter in college football as much as it used to. Like, because now, you know, you essentially had to be perfect. And every game meant something. Every game meant something. Now you can lose one or two games like in the NFL in October or November, and people be like, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, you know? yeah. It's like, what, what? It, you know, and then also there's no way, for example, this year is like, kind of like the end of an era of college football as we know it. So there's a lot of stuff changing about this year. This has been one of the better college football seasons I can remember. But we're we're at that point in the season now where it's going to be a lot of people skipping bowl games, for example. Like, Bo Nix is already up in the air. Like, oh, is he going to play in the Fiesta, Fiesta Bowl? Which, you know, they're playing against Liberty, so an undefeated Liberty team. So, like, it may not be whatever. But, like, Bo Nix may not play. We uh, The Heisman winner in Jaden Daniels, we don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, I said Heisman winner like he won already. The Heisman is he a favorite? He's a Heisman favorite. He might technically be the front runner right now. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. So you have him. You have Caleb Williams, who may not play in whatever bowl game USC has. And people, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be complaining about it. You know, Florida State, you look at Florida State, a lot of their guys may not play in whatever bowl game they're put in. Florida State, I'll get – now – I am not a big – I'm not the biggest fan of not playing in bowl games. Like, I get Florida State, I, if I'm Florida State, I would tell everybody, kiss the blackest part of my ass. If I'm Florida State, I'm saying, fuck the bowl, fuck the NCAA, fuck all y'all. Y'all not – I'm not doing this shit. Y'all did me wrong, and you think I'm finna go show, show up and be your monkey and entertain you after you after you blatantly and deliberately said fuck everything that I was supposed to accomplish? Fuck you. Now, on the flip side, because they're athletes and they're competitive, they're going to want to play even harder – and go undefeated to salvage the season. That way they can be like, the committee fucked up. In theory is what I'm thinking they're going to do. But they're probably going to – I don't know. I haven't seen what the bowl schedule looks like, so I don't know who they're playing. But the the point I'm making is – the point I was going to get around to is it's going to be some people who are going to do the hand-wringing about, oh, players are skipping bowl games, and they're the, the usual thing that we see now. This year, more than ever, I can't blame them at all because the committee – from the highest points of college football have sent the message down that they don't care about the games. Nope. So why should the players? Y'all they, just told, and, and this is the ripple effect I feel like is going to happen with Florida State. Y'all told an undefeated Power 5 conference team that it does not matter that y'all niggas went undefeated. We don't give a fuck. At all. And you expect them to? They clearly and blatantly said, hey, regular season don't fucking matter. We have we have sent a very dangerous message that the regular season doesn't matter. And this is one of the things about college football that a lot of people like better than the pros is that the regular season matters. Like we almost hate the postseason more. Like for some reason, the college football is the opposite of other sports. Other sports, we wait till the postseason. We don't care about the regular season. In college football, we could care less about bowl games. 
because ninety percent of them don't matter. Like you have the national championship, and hell, some of the New Year's Six, depending on the team and their expectations, they don't care. I remember a few years ago, the Bama players were mad because they were in the Sugar Bowl instead of the national championship. I'm like, the Sugar Bowl is the second highest bowl you could consider, depending on how you want to rank them. Yeah, behind the Rose Bowl, yeah. Like, it's still a New Year's Six Bowl, but then you have teams like Liberty who are happy as hell to be in the Rose Bowl? No, Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Either way, a Fiesta Bowl is still a New Year's Six Bowl. Back in the day, it would be considered a BCS Bowl. Uh, schools like Liberty are happy as fuck to do that. And you have certain schools that are just like, meh. And that that's why we don't care about a good chunk of bowls. And even then, the committee said straight up, regular season doesn't matter. Because they said, fuck Florida State and everything that they accomplished. But on the same hand, they said Alabama's loss doesn't matter. Alabama's loss to Texas does not matter. And I made a video earlier. Y'all should check that out on the D1 Ignite uh, Twitter page as well as the IG. We have that. Um, that if you're going to ignore one loss, you got to ignore all the losses. Because it's common damn sense. Texas beat Alabama. Alabama's the SEC champion. Texas beat the SEC champion. It should be that simple. But for some reason, the committee chose to ignore all their losses because apparently those don't count. And an undefeated, undefeated, no loss conference champion is sitting at home on national on the day of the Final Four. That's how that's the message we're sending to young athletes that unless your name is Alabama or unless you come from the SEC, it truly doesn't matter. Which is crazy because even, even the 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 the, the, fun, the most hilarious part to me is even the like the the whole conversations about oh well they made it very clear it's not about who deserves it it's about the four best teams that's just code word for it's about who we want to see it's who we want to see because you could argue that it's way more than the four best teams because if that's the case Georgia probably would have gotten in. But there was almost a scenario where we could have gotten two SEC teams in. Oh, I I know there was enough people on the committee riding the SEC dick trying to say, why can't we have another Alabama-Georgia game? Why can't we have a rematch? I'm like, nigga, come on. How we... And that's another thing that gets me. You know the old song, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things Mm -hmm. just doesn't belong. A few of these things are conference champions. You yeah, this one? is some of these things. If you wanted to let Georgia in, a few of these things are conference champions. One of these things isn't. How? And my other thing with Florida State, I I, I wonder. Here's another part of that ripple effect. So we know they spent the entire summer trying to leave the ACC. They were they were they they were looking into lawyers. You know, to to break this ten year contract thing that they had with ESPN, you know, like this was a thing. It was AC, it was it was rumors that Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and like one other team were all trying to leave the ACC and before the extension. Clemson. Yeah, that's what I said. Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and hell, there's no one else football wise who's relevant. I think North Carolina tried to put themselves in there. I can't remember, but um, yeah. But the, the big three, especially, though, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson, were all trying to leave. They were looking into getting lawyers like the athletic director was very vocal about. It. This is only going to make that worse. And Those calls are only going to get louder because I guarantee you, it does. If, if Alabama went undefeated, right, or if Georgia went undefeated and either one of them lost their starting quarterback, let alone second or third string, do you think for a second – that they would have left an undefeated SEC champion out for any reason. It don't matter who's no missing. damn way. None. And not to mention, all I heard last night, which gave me the least amount of hope that the committee would do something right, is when I heard them say the committee has never left out an SEC champion. I'm like, oh, shit. I already know what that means. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, there was, there, was a, there was a period of time where I thought maybe Alabama would win the SEC title and they would leave two SEC teams out. And then I saw the way Alabama beat them. And I was like, no. 
they're not getting left out. That it was just the moment in my mind when I'm like, oh no, these they're not leaving these niggas out. This, <laughs> this is, is happening. Morning, they better hope they lose it. Because otherwise this, somebody's about to get the craziest hoes job. This morning when I saw when I saw the show and saw Texas was announced at three, I was like, Yeah, that's Florida State. I that that's it for Florida State. Ho hose job, nose job. As soon as I saw Texas at three, it's like, oh yeah, they're they're definitely putting Bama in there. Because there's no way. Because if we're being realistic for Florida State making it, they deserve to be in there. They deserve to be ahead of Texas in the ranking. Because again, undefeated. Because Texas got punished for their one loss. Certain teams did not. I mean, that's the one good thing. I mean, I mean, the only good thing that many did was doing right by Texas. Because <laughs> I really <laughs> thought they was going to leave them out too. Well, when I tell you, of all the people I was arguing with, Texas deserves to get in. What? Texas shouldn't get in. Duh, duh, duh. I could see Bama, uh, I could see Bama getting in over Texas, and I'm just like, how? There's no logical reasoning over then you have the SEC's dick in your mouth and you just want Bama. And I, I thought the whole point of the committee, the whole point of sports is supposed to be facts over feelings. What what is actual fact that's supposed to be weighted way more than how you feel? Because the feeling is Alabama would smack Texas again if they if they played them again. Duh, 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 duh. I don't believe that for a second. I don't it, believe that for one minute. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not, because the fact is they played Texas won in Alabama by double digits. You can Yeah, that's another thing too. Texas, because this is the, the other problem I have with the SEC. They don't be playing true out of conference road games. Like anytime, anytime they play a real or 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 home games either. But like they, anytime they play an opponent, they want to play them in neutral site games so that when the because the committee takes that into consideration, coming around when it's time to like, oh, they beat them head to head, but like it was a neutral site. Like would they have done that if they were in Tuscaloosa, or would they have done that in a like oh they they treat neutral sites like de facto home games and it pisses me off. But and and so Texas left no doubt. When they walked in, like that's the thing. I feel like Florida State would have went down to LSU. <laughs> and I mean, they still beat them forty-two to twenty or whatever it was. But if they went down to LSU and did that, would that have mattered? I don't think it would have. But like, it is just so much wrong with, so much wrong with this. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like two things can be right. I feel like Florida State got hosed. But at the same time, as they were currently constructed, they probably would have gotten their doors blown off. And everybody points to TCU. Y'all act like TCU didn't beat Michigan fair and square to get to that championship. Like, like people are mad at TCU for getting blown out. Y'all should be mad at Michigan for not putting together an elaborate enough sign-stealing plan to get some signals because – if, if Michigan beats TCU, we don't get a 65-7 championship. We don't. And let's not act like despite, you know, a fourth quarter, a second half rally, TCU was beating the fuck out of Michigan. Beating the – I mean, they were abusing these boys. Like, they, they were, were doing whatever they wanted on offense. They were beating these with Midwestern boys like they stole something. Now, they had a great resurgence in the second half because Michigan is still a damn good team. But the fact of the matter is they fell short. Why are you getting mad at TCU for beating the team in front of them? Exactly. TCU proved they belong by getting to a championship. Just because they – I mean, yeah, they lost 65-7. But they got to the championship. It's not like they lost 65-7 in semis. And you see, I, I, I say it all the time. I say it all the time when I'm talking about Georgia is people have short-term memory. Pe people have a recency bias. Because you know what? Back in back in 2000, the national championship of the 2004-2005 season, OU got the brakes beat off them by Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, and Lindell White at USC. Mm -hmm. They beat them boys like they stole something. No one said, oh, you didn't belong. They just said, whoop, they got their ass whooped. And then, and then the world forgot it. But magically, because TCU gets blown out, it's an issue. I remember a few years ago, um, Notre Dame played Alabama in the national Damn. championship. Alabama yep. beat the brakes off Notre Dame and Manti Teo's fake girlfriend. So A lot of people thought... Well, not thought. A lot of people felt like, well, no, actually, no, that was pretty shocking and jarring how badly they got beat. There was people that were, like, confused. 
So why are why are we why are we demonizing teams for losing? Because all right, you just got beat by who was the better team that day, but Alabama didn't get punished for got getting beat by who was the better team that day. Alabama lost to a four loss Texas A and M squad. Still got to the playoff a couple of years ago. There's no way you can tell me that. This year, especially, you, you just see it more and more. I mean, the SEC dick riding has to stop. But it's only, like I said, it's going to get worse because they're going to stack the deck with Texas and Oklahoma. And if Florida State and Clemson and Miami have their way, <laughs> they could be on their way too. Maybe not to the SEC, but, like, they were all trying to get there. So it, it's – Why are we pretending like it's going to stop next year? It's just not going to matter. Because they're gonna let twelve teams are gonna get in. I can da- I can damn near guarantee six to eight of them will be SEC teams. And and the crazy thing is they're gonna be eight and four, nine and three SEC teams. Let Auburn go eight and four. Bet you they get in there. Let Tennessee go nine and three. Bet you they get in there. Let- well, no, but that's the thing. That's the other thing is like a lot of these. This is also. I, I hope it doesn't do this, but this I feel like. People think a 12 team is going to actually encourage people to schedule more big games. And I'm like, outside of the Big Ten, it's not because SEC already doesn't schedule people. Texas or Oklahoma and Georgia were supposed to play each other next year. Soon as Oklahoma joins the SEC, Georgia took them off the schedule. Why? Why you not? Why you don't want to play them? Like, what are you? What are you running from? They're literally in conference now. If anything, you should be play- it should be a reason to play. And that's the thing about the SEC is their major powers don't even play don't play each other on a year in year out basis. You right. want, y'all, y'all want to learn a history lesson about powers going against each other? Do you not know before the creation of the Big Twelve after the after the fold of the Southwest Conference, before the Big Twelve became a thing in the early nineties, late eighties, something like that, Texas and OU were never in the same conference. What conference was OU in? OU was in the original Big Eight, was in the uh I believe it was called the Big Eight Conference. Um, they were in a conference with like Nebraska and you know some of those northern midwestern places. Yeah, and, Nebraska, and, Colorado. Yeah, and Texas was historically always been in the Southwestern Conference, Southwest Conference, which is all the Texas schools that you know of and Arkansas. But they still found a way to play each other every year. That's the thing every other conference does. And it's like, bro, I remember Alabama and Georgia used to play each other in the regular season. They played each other in the regular season multiple times throughout, like, the 2000s and 2010s. Like, you know, you know, the last time they played Georgia in the regular season before the SEC title game was when? 2016. So damn near a decade. Beat their ass. And then Georgia got big, and then they don't play them no more until they get there. What you running from? What are you running from? Why are you running? Like it's, it's just, and I um, want I want to say this because this is hilarious. I went to a Halloween party at my homie Lance's house, mm-hmm. and his his fiance had two friends who were who were Georgia grads, and you know one of the girls her her brother plays safety at Clemson, so she really really knew football, and you right. know as soon as I said you know SEC overrated da da da, they started arguing me down left and right. This woman said Arkansas would run through majority of the country, but they're just not better than the SEC because they're so good. Yo, went seven and nine outside the conference, SEC. Where is this big issue? So I don't tell people, I don't think, and this ain't just the SEC, this goes for the country. I don't think there is one conference that's head and shoulders better than everybody. I think that there are a group of there are clashes, tiers, whatever you want to call it. There is a group of schools that are championship contenders year in and year out. There's maybe two or three of them from the SEC. There's Michigan and Ohio State. There's Oklahoma and Texas. You throw Clemson in there, even though they're new money, but you throw Clemson in there, you throw Florida State in there. That bundle, they're, they're up there. There's the tier right under them, the Penn States, USC, um, Oregon. Oregon. Washington. I throw Washington in there. Then there's everybody else where there's a ceiling. There's a clear ceiling. Like that's what it is. It's not the SEC. Like oh, people be like oh, 
top to bottom is the best conference. Oh, the worst teams in the SEC will blow. Fuck all that. Florida went. Florida State walked into Florida with a third-string quarterback and beat you And won. By the way, third-string freshman. He is a true freshman. He's eight months removed from high school. Right. Utah beat that ass in week one Florida uh, against Florida. New he, Mexico State walked into Auburn and took a million dollars and beat them 35-10. New Mexico State went there and stole the eagle and said, pick a mascot. Because I I'm don't want to hear it. Like, I do not want to hear any of that other foolish noise. I don't. I promise you I don't. And you know what? Can we give a shout-out to the OG, the man who keeps it real in all of college football, Booger McFarland? Yep. Because Booger McFarland went on national TV the second this was announced on the show on the Four Letter Network this morning and said this was a travesty to the game. This is what happens when you get a bunch of people in the room who do not play the game, who are not on that field. Because he he said, Pervado, we go out there and we play the game. We play the game to win. Whether it's offensively, defensively, special teams, whether it's pretty style points or ugly or whatever, a win is a win. And you went out there and told these young men that their wins mean nothing because their name was not Alabama and they did not come from the SEC. And it's crazy because I'm like, bro, because <laughs> at this point, what else can they do? Because even being perfect ain't perfect. When being perfect is not perfect, yes, why? And that and that's the whole argument I was making last night to everybody else who didn't want to make sense. That's the argument Booger McFarland made. Why do we play the regular season? If we're going to say an undefeated conference champion does not deserve it over a one-loss conference champion with who's not being punished for their loss, we might as well take the preseason uh top four, or in next year's case, the preseason top 12, and just play the postseason from there. Everyone else can schedule North Texas and you know, Oklahoma Panhandle State for five games and just to fill out their schedules for shits and giggles because obviously they can't advance because they don't have the right name behind them. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's nasty work. And there's so many different ways we can say it. But if like the other thing, one more thing I'm going to say, uh, it's hilarious to me that I don't know if you saw the images. I don't know if you saw the video of Michigan their reaction when they found out they were playing Alabama instead of Florida State. It was it was kind of it was rough. that was that was a very bad look. That 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 not look good. <laughs> yeah. Are y'all no because I actually think Michigan Michigan and Texas more so than Washington, even though I think Washington's good, but I don't know if they're Alabama good yet. Michigan and Texas can match up with Alabama. Yeah. I believe that. For one, Texas already proven they can. Match Texas, up. Texas definitely can play with anybody in the country. Texas yeah. could be Bama, they could be Georgia, Florida State, whatever. They they got the dogs to do it. I think, but Washington has one fatal flaw: is their front seven is obviously not as physical as Alabama, but where they can match up is the same way Texas played against Bama. Texas went sideline to sideline against Bama, and they said, "You're not athletic enough to keep up with me." Prove me wrong. And Washington and Penix, who I believe is the best quarterback in the nation, and two, their receiving core is one of the best in the nation. They go three deep. So I don't think Bama can keep up with them on an offensive end. So even though they're not as physical, hey, you know, you get one or two stops. That's all you need. Right. Like I think Penix offensively, they are they can go up with anybody. I just don't know if that defense is heavy enough. See, that, that's the only thing. I don't know if they can physically deal with them. But like I said, that offense is so explosive. Remember, USC gave up a lot of 40-point games this year, but they scored right along with it. And I feel like that's the Washington formula. Hell, that's the Pac-12 formula. Because if I think Michigan got that in them where they they, they got some biggins. <laughs> they, they can line up in front of – they can line up in front of Bama and make this an ugly game because their offense is like – good enough like they got two of the best run they got the best one two running back punch in the country and i just i their receivers scare me a little bit like sometimes they just don't throw the ball very well and i think you're gonna need to be able to do that against bama which is what texas and washington can do but they got the defense to make this an ugly game but i just wonder if they gonna run out of gas if their offense can't keep up but i do think michigan can match up well 
And look, let's not pretend that uh, Bama's offense is just the most dynamic in the country either. Yes, Jalen Milrow. They has just do two things really well. Yeah, Jalen Milrow has come a long way since the beginning of the season. I have nothing negative to say about his development throughout the year. But at the same time, even though he's gotten better, he's not a better he's not a better overall passer than Penix. He's not a better overall passer than Quinn Hughes. Obviously, he's a much better athlete, but that's not what we're talking about. Yes, he can make things happen. But at the end of the day, Bama go down two scores. That's not playing to their strengths. Everybody else, Washington go down two scores. It's like, fam, we can score in 30 seconds if we absolutely need to. Same thing with Texas. Bama is not built like that this year. I do think, though, if you go down two scores to Bama, it could get up. If you go <laughs> down two scores it's- even yeah. though you can, in theory, like like you said, they both got the offenses where it's like, oh, yeah, we we could we could come back if we need to. But I I would I would advise against going I down fifteen nothing to, to a Nick Saban coach. Deep. No, no, no. Uh uh-uh. uh Even though they can, like you said, they can do it. It's just not smart. Like, don't put yourself in that position. It's not. And we're also as much as Georgia has as good as Georgia has looked for majority of the year. We're also not going to pretend like their offense is the most dynamic. Brock Browers ha- ha- was obviously hobbled and not hurt. I mean, not healthy for this game. And he was your biggest threat. Um, Georgia was just big, physical. They're great at running the ball. They have a game manager at QB who doesn't make a lot of mistakes, who's just athletic enough. You know, he'll scramble, get you seven, eight yards, and, you know, slide for a first down. But for the most part, Georgia just said, I'm bigger, stronger than you. Prove me wrong. And nobody really could until they ran into Bama. The difference yeah, is- that was, Georgia was just – they their offense was not flashy at all. They were just efficient. And you had an offensive line, like you said, they walked up to the line and said, we're going to run it this way and stop it if you want to. And you just could Stop it if you can. And most people couldn't. And then their defense had a bunch of dudes that need grits with their hands up front. Like, it's just massive men. That. And I don't know, Texas is the closest thing to that. I think Texas is good enough. Like I said, they can throw some shit around with Alabama. If we get a Texas and Alabama national championship, that'd be so poetic. I would love it. It would hate it at the same time. So more symbolic than people realize. Yeah. Because for those who don't know, in 2009, the, the end of the Colt McCoy era was the downfall of Texas and the rise of Alabama. Right. So it's Can you just imagine? Cool that, to see it come full circle. Yeah, the full circle moment. Like, this started the dynasty, and now we're closing this chapter of college football with essentially the matchup that opened it. <laughs> it's, like, that it's like, that's essentially what we're doing. And then it would be in Houston, so it's going to be a de facto home game for Tech, even though Bama fans travel well, but like, is it, I mean, it's in Houston. Like, you can travel as well as you want as a fan base. The fact that the game is not out Texas in Texas is only two hours from the actual University of Texas at Austin campus. Come on now, hell, even the Sugar Bowl game mm-hmm. against Washington is basically a home game because New Orleans ain't but six, six, seven hours from Austin anyway. Yeah, and then and then on the flip side, the Rose Bowl traditionally has been the Big Ten winner and Pac-12 winner. So Michigan is going to be right at home <laughs> playing in the Rose Bowl against Bama. Not that Bama needs whatever, but, like, yeah, the Rose Bowl is not some foreign place for Michigan. And, you know, being in the Big Ten with with USC and UCLA in the Big Ten now, you're going to be going out there anyway, so you might as well get used to it. Get used to it. So we, we say, we're going to wrap up this segment because I'm tired of talking – bullshit and i'm tired of speaking common sense to people who obviously know it ain't that damn common it's about money money makes you lose all makes makes the world go around and committee you should be fucking ashamed of what you did to these young men who did nothing wrong other than play the game the way you told them to play it anyway your final your final uh four is going to be Michigan at Bama playing in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl and Washington and Texas playing in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. We will see as of now, Bama, I believe, is favored by like four points and Texas is also favored by like four points. So we will see. To get on to happier news, 
Y'all know it's the most wonderful time of the year. No, no. (laughs) So it's the time where, you know, you feel the warm and fuzzies, or if it's just cold as shit outside, you can go make a snowman. I don't know what that feels like. It was 71 degrees today. But I can ask you, Captain Scully, what is a Christmas song that you just really, really enjoy? Man, um, well, there's one. It's kind of a newer one. Um, it's called "Santa's Coming for Us" by Sia. She's the woman that wrote a lot of Rihanna's music. She's Australian. S I A Sia. Um, that's one of them. Um, there's also "Let It Snow" by uh, Boys to Men. You know, uh, there is what else? Uh, Pretty much any version of this Christmas that you can think of, they're all good. They really are. And like all of them is hilarious. He beat me to the punch. But I I myself am a big fan of Christmas. Um I will tell you, Justin Bieber's mistletoe. Oh, yes. Yes. I forgot or I forget. Bieber's version of mistletoe. Uh run DMC Christmas and Hollis. This, I was listening to it earlier today at the gym. Um, and, you know, we can't go wrong with the now classic King of the Mistletoe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All versions of this Christmas. Chris Brown did not know it at the time. And this was pre-Rihanna Chris Brown. Yeah, this was right before. This was like maybe a couple years before. He was arguably the biggest star in the world for this Christmas. Right. You know what else? There's a couple of songs. There's a couple of songs we can't forget. You know, you can't forget. Um, NSYNC, Merry Christmas. Man. It's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> that jump was fire. Um, and then it's the one that everybody loves it. In my mind. <laughs> it was the night before Christmas and all through the house. In my mind, I'll tell you another one that became my favorite, one of my favorites, because of the movie This Christmas. That's that good old Stevie Wonder. Twinkle, twinkle, little me, I have a lovely life. Just I'm riding home. I'm I'm driving home from somewhere. Uh, Christmas time. You know, it get dark at five, so it feels like it's so late. It just mm-hmm. makes. Feel like you know some Christmas magic is gonna come out. The stars is out. Like I'm gonna see Santa rolling by. That one, that's another one that hits you right in the feels. If you ask me, yeah. And then there's also uh... look. Shoot, I was just thinking of um Christmas album. It's a couple of, but yeah, you know the the the, the Grinch jump. Uh, where are you, Christmas? Yeah. Oh, the thing is, have you heard Tyler, the creator's version of Mr. Grinch? <laughs> yes, yes, that's on there. There's also, uh, there's a, what's that song? What is the song? I was listening to it. Uh, oh, it's going to come to me. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Oh, the, uh, it's Stevie Wonder and Andrew Day, Someday at Christmas. Because I heard, I heard I heard it on a commercial first, and then that's how I found it, and then I just listened to it now. So you fell through the rabbit hole, and it just bees like that. Mm-hmm. You know, people put the effort into Christmas, into Christmas music, and into their regular music, like they did with Christmas music. The music scene would be in a much better place. And you know, we all we this is the one that we are clearly forgetting that nobody has mentioned, and. It's the one that people start playing in November when Wait, Mariah Carey starts thawing out. I try, I try to avoid that. <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's unavoidable. Like, I don't give a damn. I love that song. I mean, it's cool. especially it's Justin Bieber's version. It's just like that. Once I learned Mariah Carey basically makes a year's worth of money in third in in thirty one days, 
in 31 days, that's all that's all the money she needs to make to survive for a year. Like, well, she I wonder, do they know that they made an all time classic when they released that? Yeah. And then, of course, of course, there's uh, how do I keep blanking every time I um, it's so many other ones that like are obscure ones that like many people probably wouldn't know unless she was really intent, like like CeeLo Green song with the Muppets. His yeah. his whole Christmas album was crazy. That Christmas I, album he did, his whole thing was crazy. I, I'll tell you a Christmas album that deserves to be loved so much more than it is. It is Jeremiah and Chance the Rapper's Merry Christmas, Little Mama Reloaded. I tell you, Merry Christmas, Little Mama. Hey. I only heard it like twice. I only heard it like twice, but I know what you mean. Talking about. That's I, tell you, I can listen to that album any time of the year just because with him, with Jeremiah and, and it it was beautiful. It is magical, it, and go listen to it. Go listen. To no, I've heard it before. I know. I know. It. I heard it on SoundCloud like a couple years ago. It was like it's a banger. Jeremiah and Chance to rap for Merry Christmas, Little Mama. It, it'll get you right. But to slight to slightly change the subject, favorite Christmas movie slash TV special. Mm, so many. Well, okay. If we're, if we're, are we splitting movie and special? Are we doing one and one, or whatever? Actually, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. Yeah, we're gonna do what we just did. Okay. Movie. I'm gonna go movie first. One of my favorite Christmas movies is. Uh, it's pretty obvious. It's uh, How to Grinch Stole the, the 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 Jim Carrey version of How to Grinch Stole Christmas. Let's say the remake was not. The remake was not bad at all, but the OG is hard to beat. Jim Carrey. It, it simply is. I haven't even seen the animated one. I, I, I was talking about the '60s cartoon. Oh, <laughs> but the Jim Carrey version is my favorite. And then special, it's you know it's Charlie Brown's Christmas. No holiday is complete without watching the Charlie Brown special, and I stand on that. You're planning on business for that. Um, favorite Christmas movie, man. Here's one that is very underrated that people don't know, but it's a favorite of mine. And I tell you, I searched the world high and low for a DVD of this very movie. And then it ended up on Netflix. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm watching my DVD. It is called Unaccompanied Minors. It has Tyler James Williams in it. For y'all don't I've know. I've seen that. it. That's Everybody Hates Chris. This was young Tyler James Williams, dude. He was yep. still young on Everybody Hates Chris when this came out. Look, it's just kids at the airport on holiday during Christmas time. Hard. It, it make it just hits you in the feels. It makes you feel good. But TV special, it ain't a question. If you know me, you know what I'm about to say. If you don't listen up, <clears throat> grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. <laughs> as for me and Grandpa, we believe that my Christmas has not started until I have seen Grandma got ran over by a reindeer, and I stand on that. There is also a Christmas story. My mother used to tell me I looked like Ralphie when I was younger. I was much lighter back then, so I guess that's why. But yeah, no, she uh, or not that I looked like him, but that I reminded her of because I had the glasses and the situation but yeah christmas story you know was a classic uh this christmas which we were talking about earlier this christmas you know pretty crazy christmas that was back when he was still young and innocent and 17 didn't have any tattoos yet <laughs> and there's uh who else what else there is uh what who else is there there's a couple other ones uh Elf. Oh. Elf you know, I love when it comes on TV every year. The Polar Express. A lot of people don't like it, but I like it. I I like the Polar Express. I'm not gonna say it's one of my favorites, but you know what? You know what? Shout out to the Polar Express for giving us all a day basically off school where we got to sit. If you ain't never had Polar Express Day at school, I'm sorry. But that's where we got hot chocolate. 
We all got to watch the movie. We was at our PJs. Like that was a good ass day at school. Polar Express. So Polar Express for me basically signifies Christmas is like officially it. Like Polar Express, I'd be watching it on like twenty five days of Christmas late night on the late night, and it's like yeah, Christmas is like around the corner. Like it's two weeks away type shit. Like that's Polar Express is is it's like it's unique. It's got a special like place. It's not the Grinch, but like. It does it, what it's supposed to do. It's kind of like it's the Debo Samuel Christmas movies, you know. Polar Express is one of those movies where, like, where they made is like we're going to make a good movie that is Christmas themed. Not just we're not going to make it just a Christmas movie. If you took out the Christmas element of it, if you took out the Santa and you know the Polar Express could be going literally, it could be going literally anywhere. If you took out the Christmas aspect of it. It would still be a good ass movie. That is what I respect about the Polar Express. Exactly, and there's nothing about it that's crazy. You know, like it's not, you know, it's not no crazy themes. You know, you can just turn it on. It's beyond in the background. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's all reliable. It's got some fire music in it. You know, little the little black girl with the pigtails was singing. Yeah, there, there was the 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 Josh Groban song at the end. You know, children, that jump, you know, and yeah, niggas believe, you know, so you can hear a whistle blow. Don't never or let not the whistle, it was the the bells. Never let, never let, you, never let anyone tell you Santa ain't real. Santa real, he's just not. Also, fix the damn hole in your pocket. Oh. Fix that damn hole. You messing the money up, bro. What if he'd have gave you a pocket of cash? What if we gave you a why? What? And you know what? That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know what your favorite Christmas special or whatever it is because we are out of time. So Captain Scully, come to the end of another episode. Tell the people how you feel and your final thoughts. I'm feeling good. And you know, there's nothing I'd love more for Christmas than to have a jazz under the tree. I mean, a... <laughs> You know, a gift under the tree. You know, it'd be lovely. Maybe some burner boy tickets or some rose boy rose bowl tickets. You know, whatever y'all are feeling like, or jazz, you can put her under the tree too. But yeah, they're they're all there. You know, it's it's gonna be a very merry Christmas. And you know, I'm a I'm gonna see what I can do about that that one thing. I can't I can't guarantee it, but you know, I'll be trying. I'll be trying. I I, 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 yeah. I, I I I left it. So, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, whatever the hell you have to celebrate, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, Robonica, whatever you think it is, merry, happy, joy to you, and all those other things. And like I love to say at the end of every episode, keep learning, keep living, keep loving. We out.